Shall we just open in a word of prayer? Our Heavenly Father, we thank you for this Christmas season where we celebrate the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ into this world as the Son of God and the Son of Man, perfect God and perfect man. And we thank you for his mission to seek and to save that which was lost. And we were lost, Lord. We were hopeless. We had no things that we could look forward to at all. We were desperate. And Jesus died for us to save us. And we pray if there's anyone here today that has not received him as Lord and Savior, Father, please open their hearts today by the Holy Spirit. Please speak to us and encourage us and build us up in our faith and help us to enjoy this Christmas season and all that you've given to us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. William C. Schultz said, People need people. He said, Lori was about three when one night she requested my aid in getting undressed. I was downstairs and she was upstairs. Well, you know, you know how to undress yourself, I reminded. Yes, she exclaimed. But sometimes people need people anyway, even if they know how to do things. And since I've been in the hospital and waited on by nurses and confined to a bed and doing all of these things, I have realized more afresh how much I need people. We're not islands. We don't live on an island. We're not alone. As Christians, we have brothers and sisters in Christ that love us, that show their love to us, that encourage us. And it is so important to the Lord. What we do for others is doing it as to Jesus himself. And that is what is so encouraging about it. The title of our message today is Doing for Others as Unto the Lord. And we're going to read a passage of scripture from the 25th chapter of Matthew, beginning at verse 31. And we're going to look at these things. We're going to look at giving help, giving encouragement, and giving comfort. And these are three gifts that we can give to each other at Christmas time, and we can give them to each other all through the year. The gift of help, the gift of encouragement, and the gift of comfort. Let's read it all together. Matthew chapter 25, beginning at verse 31. Here we go. Matthew 25, 31. When the Son of Man comes in his glory and all the holy angels with him, then he will sit on the throne of his glory. All the nations will be gathered before him and he will separate them one from another as a shepherd divides his sheep from the goats. And he will sit he will set the sheep on his right hand, but the goats on the left. Then the king will say to those on his right hand, Come, you blessed of my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. For I was hungry, and you gave me food. I was thirsty, and you gave me drink. I was a stranger, and you took me in. I was naked and you clothed me. I was sick and you visited me. I was in prison and you came to me. Then the righteous will answer him saying, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you? Or thirsty and give you drink? 
When did we see you a stranger and take you in or naked and clothe you? Or when did we see you sick or in prison and come to you? And the king will answer and say to them, Assuredly, I say to you, inasmuch as you did it to one of the least of these, my brethren, you did it to me. Then he will also say to those on the left side, Depart from me, you cursed into the everlasting Father fire prepared for the devil and his angels. For I was hungry, and you gave me no food. I was thirsty, and you gave me no drink. I was a stranger, and you did not take me in. Naked, and you did not clothe me. Sick, and in prison, you did not visit me. Then they also will answer him, saying, Lord, when did we see you hungry or thirsty, or a stranger, or naked, or sick, or in prison, and did not minister to you? Then he will answer them, saying, Assuredly, I say to you, inasmuch as you did it not to one of the least of these, my brethren, you did not do it to me. Verse 46, And these will go away into everlasting punishment, but the righteous into eternal life. This is speaking at the end of the age. We're not going to get into all the prophecies of that, but we're going to take the application that everything we do for others we're doing it unto the Lord. From the last and the least and the lowest Christian, anything we do in Jesus' name is not just for them, but it's doing it as unto Jesus. If Jesus was here, how would we treat him? If Jesus was here, how would we speak to him? If Jesus was here, how would we welcome him into our hearts and into our homes, into our lives? And as I mentioned, we're going to talk about three things that we want to do for each other. We want to give help, we want to give encouragement, and we want to give comfort. Yes, in life, we all need a little help sometimes. I remember playing baseball, and sometimes the ball would get away from us, and we'd say to one of our friends, a little help, please, and they'd throw the ball back to us, right? We played those games as kids. But as we grow up, we we've grow up so much self-sufficient. We think we can do it ourselves. We try to make it on our own. And that's what keeps many people from becoming Christians, because they see Christianity as a crutch. They see it as something that you need when you're weak or when you're not able to handle things yourself. But all of us are weak. All of us are sinners. All of us need the Lord. And we have such a great fellowship in our church and such a great fellowship in all the body of Christ. And it's such a blessing when you serve the saints. The saints of God, the children of God, those who are called by the Lord for salvation. And it is a blessing. And sometimes we have to ask for help. And it really kind of wounds our pride a little bit. We feel like we, we don't want to ask for help. We don't want to impose on anybody, and we don't want to ask for help because we're too proud to say, I need help. But lately, I've had to have a little help. And it really spoke to my heart and how brothers and sisters help us. They really do. Yesterday, or well, actually, it was the day before yesterday, I called Alan. I said, Alan, I don't like to ask you this. I don't want to impose on you or anything. <laughs> I preface it all. I said, but I have some Christmas lights and I haven't been able to put them up because the doctor gave me strict orders that I cannot lift this, this left arm above my head. 
So I can't get up on the, and I probably shouldn't get up on a ladder either, and put the Christmas lights around my garage, right? So I said, Alan, if you could come and do that, I'd really appreciate it. And I have a Christmas tree, and I usually carry it right in myself and put it up and decorate it and everything. I said, if you wouldn't mind, could you carry that Christmas tree in for me? And he said, sure, no problem. And he came yesterday, and it was such a blessing. And when we give help to others, we are blessed ourselves because it's from the Lord, and, he, and we're doing it as unto him. And it's a spirit of help. Yes, it's a blessing. When I was in the hospital, they were not going to let me get out of bed. Even to use a commode that was about three steps from the bed, they were afraid I was going to fall because of what happened on that Sunday at church when they took me by ambulance. And I had to plead, and I had to beg, and I had to ask. And it wasn't until my cardiologist came and visited me in the room after, the, after I was there for a couple of days, and she said to the nurse, I know Dean, he can handle it. So that was good. Then I had to start over the same process down in Santa Clara when I was in the hospital. They did not want to let me get up. And they give you a little button, right? If you've ever been in the hospital or you've been a nurse or you know about these things, they give you a little button. It's a red button that you can hold in your hand. And when you need help, you push the button. And when we need help in life, the Lord sends us the help. And where does he send it from? Most notably, from our fellow brothers and sisters in Christ. Now, he can use other people, too. He's used doctors in my life. He's used the nurses and everything. But it's the great physician that has been healing me. He's healed. He's helped me. And we need the help. And God sends help. And he sends it through other believers who have compassion. We talked about compassion at the breaking of bread. Jesus had compassion for those who were like sheep without a shepherd. And we need that same compassion down deep in us to help others in their time of need. It says in Leviticus chapter 25 and verse 35, If one of your brethren becomes poor and falls into poverty among you, then you shall help him like a stranger or a sojourner, that he may live with you. You know, God always made provision for his people, and he told the Israelites, take care of each other, serve one another, treat each other with love and respect. Yes, when we, when, when we help others, we are really showing that help to the Lord Jesus himself. Deuteronomy 22.4 says, you shall not see your brother's donkey or ox fall down along the road and hide yourself from them. You shall surely help him lift them up again. There's always times when we're walking along the road of life that we can see a brother and sister in need and we say, let me help you. How can I help you? And it is so important. In the story of the Good Samaritan, there were three characters involved that came by that saw the man who was wounded and left half dead on the side of the road. The first was a, was a priest, the second was a Levite, and they passed by on the other side. They didn't want to get involved. They didn't want to give the help. And finally, a Samaritan came along. The hated, despised Samaritans that the Jews and Gentiles wouldn't have 
that fellowship together, but that could only be broken down by Jesus Christ who died for us because he broke down all earthly distinction. And Jesus told this parable about how the, the Samaritan came along, he felt compassion for him, he helped the man, he poured in oil and wine, which were medicinal agents in those days to help, and then he took him to an inn and he took care of him, he paid for the expenses, and then he said to the innkeeper, if you spend anything else on this man, take good care of him. If you spend anything else, when I come by next time, I will take care of that cost for you. Yes, the good Samaritan. And God wants us to be good Samaritans. He wants us to get involved. He wants us to help each other. He wants us to bless each other. Paul wrote in Philippians 4, 3, and I urge you also, true companion, help these women who labored with me in the gospel, with Clement also and the rest of my fellow workers whose names are in the book of life. Just think when we get to heaven and the Lord gives out his rewards, he is going to give rewards to us for helping his people. We mean so much to him. He loves us so much, all of us, and he wants us to help and encourage each other. Yes, it is such a blessing. And you know the two times in life when you need the most help? When you're a child or when you're an elderly person. It seems like when you're a child, you need, the parent needs to serve the kids and help the kids and, and do everything for them, provide them the meals and, and the school books and everything they need. And when you get older, like my mom, she's elderly and she needs a lot of help. And I'm thankful for my brother who's her caregiver because he takes care of her 24-7, 365 or 366 days of the year, every day doing things for her. And it's so encouraging. And we should always ask ourselves, how can I help? It's easy just to come and sit at church and hear the message and, and then go on our way. But when you really want to get involved in somebody's life, somebody that's hurting, somebody that's in pain, somebody that needs help, the Lord will richly bless you for doing that. Secondly, it's not only important to give help, but it's important to give encouragement. I thank the Lord for the encouragers in our church. And I thank the Lord that we don't have discouragers. There are many churches today, you have encouragers and you have discouragers. We don't want to be discouragers. We want to be encouragers. That man right there that's sitting in that front row, is one of the most positive encouragers I've ever known in my life. He is so positive and upbeat and looks at the positive and looks at God's will, and he encourages me every day. And we encourage each other, and it's a blessing to do that. We can't overestimate how important encouragement is. A word of encouragement, a smile, a hug, a kiss. All those things are ways we can encourage one another. Keep going, because the devil's out to get us. We have trials. We have pain and sorrow and suffering. And the more you go through those things yourself, the more you can empathize with others, the more you can sympathize with others. It's happened to me. I, I found it to be the case. 
And we have a wonderful example in the Bible of an encourager by the name of Barnabas. Barnabas, his real name is Joseph, and he was called Barnabas by the apostles. And it says in Acts 4.36, And Joseph, who was also called Barnabas by the apostles, which is translated son of encouragement, a Levite of the country of Cyprus. You know, I can just see Paul being so encouraged by Barnabas because Barnabas was the son of encouragement. Barnabas is the kind of person you'd like to have as a friend. You'd like to have him as a brother. You'd like to be with him all the time because he was always encouraging the saints. And it says in Acts chapter 11 and verse 23 about Barnabas, it says, when he came and had seen the grace of God, he was glad and encouraged them with purpose of heart that they should continue with the Lord. I would rather have an encourager to be by my side and encourage me than I would the most knowledgeable person ever. Because knowledge is great, but encouragement is such a blessing. And you know what? The young can encourage the old. And the old can encourage the young. And we can encourage each other. You don't have to have a degree to do it. Or a, or a study in theology. You don't have to be a pastor or a missionary or anything like that. The simplest Christian can have the ministry of encouragement and can bring great joy to other brothers and sisters in Christ. You don't, it's a gift you don't need to shop for. It's a gift you don't need to wrap up. It's the gift of encouragement. And we should not only give it at this season of the year at Christmas, as I said, but all through the years. One of my favorite verses, and I know Bill likes this passage too, Hebrews chapter 10 and verses 24 and 25 tells us the part we can have in this. It says, let us consider one another in order to stir up love and good works, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some, but exhorting one another as so much more as you see the day approaching. I love this passage because it tells me that when I'm at church, I can be a blessing to somebody. Now, if I say I'm too tired, I don't feel like going tonight, maybe I better stay home, just watch it online. You're still getting the message, but you're not getting that fellowship. You're not getting that, you don't have that opportunity to come in and encourage one another. That's what is so good. I look forward to seeing every one of you every Sunday and Wednesday. And we have our Friday group that's such a blessing at Mike and Jenny's. And uh, it's so good, and I love it so much. The more fellowship we have, the more encouragement we can give, the, the better. Someone once said, when our souls are much discouraged, by the roughness of the way, and the cross we have to carry seems heavier each day. When some cloud that overshadows hides the Father's face from view, oh, tis well to remember he has blessed us hitherto. Yes, it's such a, a great thing to be an encourager. William uh, Steider tells of a story of a, a discouraged young minister. And when you hear of what happened to this young minister, you'd say, I'd be discouraged too. Everything seemed to be going wrong for this, this 
man. He had built a church for his people, for he had been a carpenter. And when it was completed, his wife died. So that's the first thing. And then, through other trying circumstances, it left this man broken and defeated. Then he heard on the radio a message given by a certain well-known speaker and preacher. He felt sure that the man could help him, and he went to see him. He was cordially received and stayed in the minister's study for a long time. And when he came out, there was a new light in his eyes. What a man he is, he said. When I went into his office, all the stars had fallen out of my skies, but he put them back together one by one. Oh, what it is to be encouraged by another Christian. And this man was an encourager. When they took me to the hospital on that day, and they came in, the gurney and the 911 people, and they took me to the hospital. I was in the emergency room, and you're in the emergency room, and they leave you by yourself there a little bit, but they're monitoring you and everything and checking everything out. And I saw Rudy walk through that door. I was so thankful. And I wasn't just thankful for his medical knowledge, and he has great medical knowledge. He is a cardiologist. But I was thankful for his compassion and his love. And he came and he stayed with me about an hour. It was amazing they let him in. They normally don't do that. But he talked his way in, and I'm glad you did, brother. I am so glad you did. You don't know how much it meant to me. You don't. You will and maybe an eternity. But encouragement goes a long ways for us. And third, not only should we give help, and not only should we give encouragement, but we should give comfort as well. It says in 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verses 3 and 4, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and God of all comfort, who comforts us in all our tribulation, that we may be able to comfort those who are in any trouble with the comfort with which we ourselves are comforted by God. So it's a simple formula. God comforts us so that we can be a comfort to others. And so many times we've been through similar experiences, hard times, sorrowful times, difficult things, and God has comforted us and now we can be a comfort to others. Sometimes you don't even need to say a word. You just need to be there and sit with the person and comfort them. That's what Job's friends did. For seven days, they sat with him to comfort him, and they never said a word. And the problem was when they first started talking. <laughs> and they started blaming him. Oh, Job, it's because you've been sinning and all of that. They went through all their speeches and all that thing. And in the end... The Lord restored Job and blessed him in his latter end more than his beginning. And God comforted him and strengthened him. A little girl came home from her neighbor's house where her little friend had died. Why did you go, questioned her father. To comfort her mother, said the child. What could you do to comfort her? I climbed into her lap and cried with her. Isn't that precious? I climbed into her lap and cried with her. Wow. 
That's comfort. That's real comfort. That's more comforting that you get out of it than a theologian or anybody else. Just sitting with a person, crying with them, holding their hand, being with them. Paul tells us of the comforters that he experienced. It says in 1 Thessalonians 5.11, Therefore comfort one another and edify one another, just as you are also doing. And then he also says in 1 Thessalonians 5.14, Now we exhort you, brethren, warn those who are unruly, comfort the faint-hearted, uphold the weak, be patient with all. Yes, may the Lord encourage us to be comforters. A missionary translator laboring among the people of the mountains of Mexico was finding a hard time to get the right word for comfort in the language of, of the people. One day his helper asked for a week's leave and explained that his uncle had died and wanted some days off to visit his bereaved aunt to, to quote, help her heart around the corner. And the missionary said, that's it, to help her with her heart around the corner. Yes, it's a great thing to be a comforter to God's people. May the Lord help us to be those who give help, to help others. May the Lord help us to be an encourager, to encourage others, and help us to be a comforter to those in sorrow and pain. When we do these things, we're doing it unto Jesus, and that is what is so encouraging. I like to read the missionary magazine that comes, Christian Missions in Many Lands, and many times on the back of the magazine, you'll notice a poem. And I take the poem, and I cut it out, and I put it on my wall for that particular month or whatever. And the one that I found here recently is such a blessing. It was written by Annie Johnson Flint, who is a hymn writer who wrote many hymns and, and poems and things. And it is entitled, Unto the Least of These. And it goes like this. What would you do for Jesus if Jesus were here today? Hungry and thirsty and weary, fainting beside the way, what would you give for his comfort? What would you do for his ease? Hear you his voice entreating, what will you do unto these? Cruelest mockings and scourgings, these for his name they have borne, walking his sorrowful pathway, wearing his crown of thorn, driven from home and from country, outcast, forsaken, and lone, what would you do for his brethren? What will you do for your own? Out of peace and your plenty, out of your comfort and ease, all you would do for Jesus, he would have you do for these. May God encourage us. Many people always say this, I don't want a handout, just a helping hand. May the Lord help us to be those helping hands. Shall we look to the Lord in a word of prayer? Our Heavenly Father, we thank you and praise you for being with us today. We thank you for your word. It's challenging, Lord, and we can't just sit on the sideline and let others do it. Help us to be the ones who are helpers. Help us to be the ones who are encouragers. Help us to be the ones that are comforters. Lord, help us to be used for your people, to be a blessing. And Lord, we thank you for all the help we receive, all the encouragement we receive, all the comfort we receive. Help us to give it back in abundant measure. 
And we pray that you'll take us home safely, give us a wonderful Christmas season and Christmas day, and help us to rejoice in the birth of our Savior who came into this world to change our lives. We thank you and praise you in Jesus' precious name. Amen. Amen.